0: This is stone number 11, marriage. Remember, these are issues that need to be dealt with to prepare the highway, get rid of the stones. And so, the only people who stand before Jesus of Nazareth in judgment are those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Those whose names are not listed there are taken from hell, which is a holding prison for the lost who have died, just as heaven is a holding place for the saints who have died, to the lake of fire. There's no discussion, no opportunity to explain yourself or to plead for mercy. In short, no audience with Jesus of Nazareth. Only those whose names are in the Lamb's Book of Life get a conversation with Jesus when he judges them. But this is when they receive either rewards or suffer losses. Further, those who stand before Jesus in judgment, I believe the very first issue he will judge, if a person was married, will be what he or she did as a husband or wife. Why do I believe this? Because marriage is the most important human to human relationship. Then, if the person had children, Jesus will judge what he or she did as a parent. Then he'll judge what they did with their parents, then what they did with their siblings, then what they did with the family of believers, then what they did with all other people. And in judging through these levels of relationships, this process will will reveal quite clearly one's relationship with Jesus. For what one does with others says much about where one is with him. Matthew 25, 37 through 45. But again, The relationship that says the most about a person's true relationship with Jesus is the marriage relationship. Sadly, though, this is one of the not so talked about issues in the church. The enormous numbers of failed marriages, all kinds, those that end in divorce, as well as those that are undivorced yet pathetic at the worst or mediocre at the best. And the impact these have on the church, because those relationships have an impact on the church, whether they're healthy or whether they're not. And one of the main reasons for this disgraceful condition of the vast majority of marriages between Christians and the impact it's having on the church concerns the fact that these Christians, these Christian husbands and wives, are not growing and are not maturing in the first and the greatest commandment which means they're not growing in the fruit of the Spirit, real producing real love, of course, which is the very first one that's li- listed. And so 1 John 4 comes into, into play. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister or your spouse, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister, their spouse, whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. When a person does not love his or her spouse, truly, it does not matter what else that person is doing. Nothing else is is as important to Jesus as one's marriage. He can use donkeys to preach and prophesy, and he can make rocks worship him. So he doesn't need our ministry. This prolific failure of marriages between two Christians, all kinds, divorced or undivorced, but pathetic or mediocre, is probably one of the most revealing evidences of the pitiful condition of the bride in this country. In 1 Corinthians 15, 46, Paul asserts a spiritual principle. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. In other words, sometimes what is going on in the natural realm tells us something about what is going on in the spiritual realm. So, Since Paul and Peter began by addressing wives, I will too. Many women and or wives seem not to grasp the incredible importance they have as a woman and or a wife in the spiritual realm. For by submitting, honoring, and following their husband, or male leadership if they're not married, fitting themselves into their husband's life, they're modeling what the bride is to do with Jesus the bridegroom, the husband. Women want to be considered important. Well, you are, (laughs) you absolutely are. Just not as our culture says you are, but rather as Jesus says you are. Feminism and the Americanisms say that Jesus' assignment to wives is wrong, demeaning even, but these are demonic liars. For there's no democracy in a godly marriage and neither are there personal rights in a godly marriage, or neither of these are biblical, as I talked about in some previous episodes. Now certainly, a wise husband wants and needs his wife's input, her perspective. However, the husband has the responsibility to make the final decision, which is not up for debate or a vote. This is because Jesus is the husband in charge. Creation moves from the simplest to the most complicated. Thus, since woman was the last to be created, women are the highest of creation, for they are the best of all that the Son made. Of course, what is also true is that to whom much is given, much is expected. So it is a great honor and an awesome privilege, as well as a huge responsibility, to be the creature of, who represents Jesus' bride in the natural. And not only is this a great honor and an awesome privilege and a huge responsibility to women, but there's also an excellent wisdom in one's assignment as a woman. Since women are the highest and the best of all creation, Jesus applied the same principle he used with the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. Keep women from becoming conceited. Uh, being the highest and the best of all creation, Jesus put them under a lesser creature, namely their husband and or male leadership in general. This is the place where women can excel and shine, revealing the indescribable, breathtaking beauty of being a woman. So, it's actually true. We men are below women. I'm not joking here. This is a biblical fact. However, in Jesus's wisdom, he put woman under male authority and male leadership, for better or for worse, for the protection and for the development of a quality he highly values. Now, do men screw up? Well, yes and absolutely. But that is not to be the woman's concern. Women get to trust Jesus to deal with men and or a husband when, not if, they're stupid. It's that simple, 1 Peter 3, 5 and 6. And in doing this, women get the privilege of being an example to the world of Jesus' bride who submits to him in all things. Now, granted, Jesus is a perfect husband, and human husbands, or male leaders, are nothing of the sort, not even on a good day. But in this, women get to acquire the unfading beauty, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, humility. Something that is of great worth, great worth in Jesus of Nazareth, 1 Peter 3, 4. So do not minimize your assignment as a woman. For if a woman demeans this, she's telling Jesus he's an idiot and doesn't know what he's doing. If I were a woman, I would have two goals. My first goal would be to mature in the first and greatest commandment. Every follower of Jesus, that's the number one goal. And then secondly, as a woman, if I were a woman, I would want to mature in what Jesus says is of great worth to him. Great worth a gentle and quiet spirit. For this is a critically critical point. A wife is to serve the purpose of her husband. I might pause here for a moment. I was just thinking, if you fall in love with a guy that loves to go bowling, well, you better buy yourself a pair of shoes and bowling ball. You're going to be doing that with him. You're serving him. He's not serving you. For women are made for man, not the other way around. Wives are their husbands' helpmeet, not the other way around. And this is the same for the church. The church was made for Jesus. She is to be his helpmeet, not the other way around. Now, certainly Jesus serves his wife, but not in the sense of giving over his place as the head and the leader. And so it is with husbands and wives, or male leaders and women. For there's no such thing as Mutual submission. So I need to address that for a moment. Paul's statement in Ephesians 5, 21, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ, is referring to what he had just finished talking about concerning Christian relationships in general. Go back and read what he said before that. This person submitting, this person submitting, that's, that's for that group. Then he addresses husbands and wives separately and distinctly telling wives specifically to submit to their husband. Also, Paul does not tell the husbands to submit to their wives. Therefore, there is no mutual submission in marriage. The husband is the head and the leader. For human marriage is a reflection of the bridegroom king's marriage with the church, in which he does not submit to his wife. She submits to him, which is part of our problem. We don't do it. This is the son's design. When Paul addressed this issue for wives and or women usurping their husbands and or male leadership, in in 1 Corinthians 11, he pointed to creation to support what he said. Thus, women, wives, because of your specifically assigned lofty, unique, and honorable place as women and wives who are to relate to the bride you have the potential of having a great impact on the condition of the bride in this country, for better or for worse. And note this, when a wife agrees with her husband, that's not submission. An unregenerated wife can do that. Submission begins when the wife disagrees with her husband. Wives, Jesus puts your husband in charge. Even if he isn't doing a good job, that is between him and Jesus, not you and him. Jesus will hold him accountable at some point. In the meantime, as long as your husband doesn't ask you to deny Jesus, you are to submit to him in all things. And you're to do so in the same way Jesus expects his wife to do it, the church with him, because, and you should do it, because you love Jesus, the husband, capital H, and thus you love your husband, little H. I understand that feminism and the world hate this and thus mock it, but it's still Jesus' wisdom. The bottom line, wise is this. You're not only modeling what a godly wife is to other women, Titus 3, 2, 3 through 5, which, by the way, points out so that no one will malign the word of God, but you also have the tremendous honor of modeling in miniature for all to see how the church, the wife of the bridegroom king, relates to him. Do not take either of these lightly. Now, if women want uh, some help from a a woman, I suggest the book created to be his meet by Debbie Pearl. Now, husbands, we men have a gargantuan responsibility. I mean, come on, loving and leading our wife and our children to know Jesus of Nazareth deeply? and to do it like he does it? Oh, my gosh. While wives only have to submit, which for them may seem impossible, but is doable, we're commanded to love and to lead like Jesus loves and leads, something that really is impossible. For what human, male or female, can do that? What Jesus expects of husbands will take all their lives to try to get to, and even then, they still won't match up with him. Talk about an incredible goal. Certainly Jesus understands that we are nowhere near capital P perfect. But he also knows no husband will ever love and lead his wife exactly like he does his. But he does expect you and I to grow in the first and the greatest commandment, which is our only hope for developing his love and his wisdom in us with with which to love and to lead our wife even somewhat like he loves and leads, his wife, a church. I don't have adequate words to describe the giganticness of this lifelong goal and purpose. And yet, just because it's insurmountable, even impossible, it is not optional. The good news is that men were designed to do it, to love and to lead. Therefore, as the husband, you you need to get not only not only to model to others what a godly husband is, but you also get to model in miniature what Jesus is like with his bride. So human marriage is not merely about companionship and having children, as God as good as these are. Human marriage is about one man and one woman having the opportunity and the privilege of tasting for themselves a little something of why Jesus created creation and to model that before others. And this is why divorce and undivorced but pathetic or mediocre marriages are simply not acceptable. There are three sources I have for you here if you want to read more about it. Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood by John Piper and Wayne Gruden. Countering the Claims of Evangelical Feminism by Wayne Gruden. And Leadership as Male by David Pawson. One last issue about marriage. Marriage between one man and one woman only is established with a covenant and is the only human-to-human relationship that is based upon a covenant. Neither partner has a, a covenant with their parents, with their siblings, with their friends, or with their children. Therefore, no one is to come between a husband and his wife. No one is to seek to have a place with either one of them that is equal to what the person has with their partner, much less to have something greater than they have with their partner. Not the couple's parents, siblings, friends, nor their children. A married couple is to keep their relationship higher and above, foremost and before all other relationships. Thus, couples must protect the sanctity and the preeminence of their marriage relationship, or their marriage will suffer, and it will not be what Jesus wants it to be bottom line m- marriage matters profoundly before Jesus the bridegroom came
1: here to buy gold, in the fire. Wretched and blind I'm coming. of the Lord is doing something tonight, is even I'm watching the dancers dance. He's desiring to breathe life into the heart of many of the art forms that we have separated from worship. Things like dance, things like painting and sculpting. And if that's you, I I don't know how you need to respond, but I just encourage you respond to the Lord because it's his desire to place the fire of worship inside the gifts that he's placed. So many of these art forms have been captured by the sin of idolatry and self-worship. And we've thrown them out. But the Lord wants to come with this fire into the heart of dance, into the heart of music into the heart of sculpting and painting, into the heart of the theater world, and bring worship. So Lord, release the fire inside the arts. Let it be like a missile going right into the heart of the arts in Europe, here on the south coast of England, on into London, let it burn.